Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We're looking forward to having the Eagles game this weekend. We were all hoping to actually go to this game. We were talking about it when the schedule came out and uh, just even knowing that we were going to be playing that division, that it'd be really cool to go up and see the Eagles game. But unfortunately, because of COVID, that is not going to be the case. But to make up for it, we have a really exciting two guests to join us and talk about their team. Phil and Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. So to start it off, uh, tell us a little about yourself and how you became Eagles fans. I was a military brat. When we moved, it was usually outside the country. Um, and so my first football game that I watched was in England. And it was a Dallas Cowboys versus the Eagles game. And uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I really liked the Eagles because of the bird and I uh, hated the Cowboys. And my dad was very proud of me. <laughs> It's <laughs> like that's fine. My dad's a he's from Georgia, so he's a Falcons fan. He's like, as long as you're not a Cowboys fan, I'm cool with that. So that's the story. <laughs> Very nice. All of my family's from Philly. I'm the only one in my family that's that was actually born in Baltimore. I was born and raised an Eagles fan, living down here. But all my friends, my wife, they're all Ravens fans. So been to the last three Ravens Eagles matchups. Unfortunately, like you said, we can't go to this one, but uh, it'll still be a fun day for everyone. And uh, Looking forward to it. Yeah, I remember uh, when the Eagles were in the playoffs. You were uh, definitely in the in the middle of the Philly for that and having a good time. That's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when I messaged Alex after the Eagles won the Super Bowl that he probably didn't get back to me until like the day after because he was so hungover. <laughs> yeah, I uh, we we were in um, we were in Philly and uh, we we got to party in the streets with everyone when they won, which was which was dope, but. Seems like a long time ago at this point. Yeah, well, at least you guys had a really good Super Bowl victory. I mean, beating Tom Brady with the height of the Patriots' second dynasty is always something you can always hang your hats on. And, of course, you always had dilly-dilly and that, that trick play. So, <laughs> at least you have that uh, to look back on. But, yeah, as, as we'll get into it, uh, the Ravens off to a 4-1 start, but the Eagles are 1-3-1. and You guys are still in the thick of the NFC East because everyone else in that division is doing pretty poorly. Yeah, I guess to start off with, like, what are your guys' current impressions of the Eagles to start this season? Is it just some bad luck, or does this team just have some some real struggles right now with the personnel and coaching? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of players not performing their duties, but also us not really building a team for the long run. We're seeing the dwindling years of the Super Bowl run, and we're seeing uh, some of the players that uh, earned their contracts but it's sort of towards the end of them aging out. And I think they're going to need some real rebuilding coming up soon. They're doing the best that they can. I still have faith in the coach and the quarterback, but we'll see. I just think the injury bug hit them again, man. Like during training camp, like they got decimated uh, in the offensive line and they got decimated in week one at wide receiver once again. So, I mean, Carson Wentz can only do so much. I'm not saying, I don't think he's helping. <laughs> I think he he's, you know, She's rushing, and I get that. I mean, when somebody's rushing you, you, you'll tap dance, and anybody will do that. But they just got hit with the injury bug again. There's some bright spots, uh, like Fulgrim. But other than that, man, it's, it's another one of those wasted years because of injury. We'll see what happens if people can get healthy in the middle of the season, but, but I doubt it. Yeah, Wentz is definitely struggling, at least when you look at the numbers. Seven interceptions right now. Looks like that's tied for any 
full season he's had outside of his rookie year. It's nine now. He threw two yesterday, so seven <laughs> oh, plus. Oh, he threw two. Okay, well, that's there, right. There you go. Most most he's thrown since his rookie year, and it's only five games into the season. <laughs> but I mean, I think at the same time you look at it, and I di- I didn't watch the Eagles Steelers game live yesterday, but I was watching some of the the replay, and it just looked like every time Wentz went back to pass, he had maybe a second and a half at best to kind of scan the defense and see what he was going to do before the pocket collapsed. I mean, you guys kind of already touched on it to start with, but you know, is Wentz regressing or is it just, just doesn't have the players around him? I I think it's, uh, I don't think he's regressing nine interceptions is, is hard to justify in five games, I think. And I would say six of the nine are, are his fault. There's a few, like one of them yesterday was basically a punt. It was fourth down in their own territory and, and they, he just launched something. I can't really say that he's regressing because he does shine sometimes. And you see that you see the reads he makes, you see some incredible plays where when you guys see Lamar Jackson and you go, what the hell, you know, you see some of those with Carson, but we'll talk about it later. I'm sure. But the wide receivers around him are completely, uh, completely not really uh, an NFL caliber squad. So it's hard to judge him, but, you got to put him in a place to succeed. Yeah, I, I don't think he's regressing. I think that he's trying too hard. He wants to do so much, and he can just – I'd rather him be like Peyton Manning and just throw the ball away uh, and just wait, you know, to say, hey, we didn't do anything. It sucks, whatever. Just to get on the next series. Yeah, I think that's one of the major criticisms most Eagles fans have at this point is Wentz's inability to throw the ball away. Um yeah. You know, he, he he holds on to the ball and tries to make something happen. And most, if you look back at his career, most of his best plays are when he scrambles outside the pocket, makes something happen, finds that extra read, coverage breaks down. So you can't fault him so much for that. But at a certain point, he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. You got to get the ball away from him. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a – and I get – I can see the scheme that Doug Peterson is trying to do. They're trying to do a lot of bubble plays because the offensive line is so bad. Um, and they're trying to get the tight ends even involved. It's something very interesting. You get the tight ends and even, you know, bigger wide receivers involved in the bubble plays because that's typically not something you see because the off- again the offensive line is so bad. But man, they gotta they gotta figure that out. I don't know what to, like how they're gonna what they're gonna do if they want to go more run heavy. Now, because uh, they, I mean, Miles Sanders was killing it last game. He played well. Boston Scott played well. All in all, the offense wasn't that bad. I think, ironically, the defense was bad that game. So that's a whole nother story. But, man, yeah, I don't think Carson Wentz is regressing. I just think he's trying too hard. And uh, they got to fix the offensive line. They just have to do something about that. Yeah. I mean, total QBR of 52.9, which is towards the bottom of the league, I think right around uh, Kirk Cousin territory, which is not a place you want to be at this point. So, oof. Yeah. It is remarkable when you look at the depth chart and you just see O's all across the wide receivers. Alshon Jeffrey's out. Deshaun Jackson's out. Jalen Rager, your star uh, rookie, is out. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, out. I mean, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Um, you lost Goddard, who was starting to really produce and be a one-two punch with Ertz to the injury bug. I mean, yeah, you're not getting any help whatsoever. And... Um, it sucks. We were talking about just last episode that Lamar was kind of forcing the ball to his receivers 
and then staring him down last game. But we were talking about Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, two of the the top players in the league. You can't be expecting John Hightower to win his one-on-one matchup in in that crazy kind of scenario. That's not the kind of guy you want to be forcing the ball to, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. But there has been bright spots to this. You know, we have all those guys that you just mentioned out, um, but our practice squad has been shining, which is not a place you want to be, but <laughs> fo- uh, dudes like Greg Ward Jr., uh, Travis Fulgham, these guys were on our practice squad and now are the most productive wide receivers on our team. And to be honest with you, I would rather roll with them than Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey at this point. They're hungry. They want to play and um, they're there to win. Yeah, Travis, I think he had 152 yards last game. I mean, that's amazing. If some of these guys come back, uh, I would say thank you, but no thank you to Deshaun Jackson. Please sit down. No offense. He just keeps getting injured. Uh, yeah. We'll see what's up with Alshon Jeffrey. He's been injured since last season. So yeah, and, and something to note is that both of those guys are 100% not on the team next year. Uh, right. They'll both be cap casualties. Uh, I, th- I believe they're both signed to next year, but yeah. maybe not Alshon. But they're both definitely not at Eagles next year. Yeah, I think Alshon's not. The Eagles try to get rid of him, but that that the money is nobody yeah. wants to pick that up. Yeah, they're both they're both around I think ten or so million per year, and they you know the amount of time they spend on the field can't justify that. Mm. Yeah, that was a good team. If you have twenty million dollars injured, uh, and they're not even producing at that level, yeah, that that's that's yeah. hard. Yeah, I do want to go back to uh, to Fulham though. I mean, he had he did have the the touchdown reception against San Francisco the week before last, but that performance he had yesterday against Pittsburgh seemed to come out of nowhere. I don't know if, if you guys following the Eagles had any idea that this was a guy who they could have step up and be in a replacement like that. But reading up on him, it looks like he was cut several times in the offseason, even cut by the Eagles once after they did sign him from the Packers, I think. Is this guy going to step up and be a surprise starting wideout for the Eagles? Or is this just a, a flash in the pan? No one had game film on him. So he was able to sneak past the Pittsburgh secondary for a game. Well, I'll say if anyone saw this coming, you could call them liars because nobody knew who this dude was. <laughs> uh, you know, he was on our team. I think they signed him the day before the, uh, the Niners game and he's caught that game winning touchdown. He's got the opportunity to shine. So, uh, you know, it could be a flash in the pan, but I mean, yesterday he went, I think 10 for 11 mm-hmm. on, on targets. And um, the one thing that the Eagles historically have had a problem with is catching the goddamn ball. Uh, And it seems like Fulgham has hands and he can do it. So I say start him, let him play, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Him and Greg Ward have been the more reliable receivers. So I think one game would be like a flash in the pan, but two games and the second game, he was way better. I think he will regress to the mean at some point, but I think he's a starter in this league. And I think, the Eagles should really consider uh, keeping him moving forward. Kind of reminds me of like uh, some a guy like you know, Baltimore fans might know, like Kamar Aiken, or maybe even uh, who's the rookie uh, undrafted free agent we had in 2013? Mar-, Mar, it was Marlon. Marlon Brown. Marlon Brown was that him? And also undrafted free agents who just lit it up for the Ravens when they had literally no other option. Hey, I mean Kamar Aiken almost had I think a thousand yards in 2015. He did some things, and I think when he bounced around the rest of the league. But I mean, you know, again, when you don't have any other options, like let the guys play. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think most of the times when you see a flash in the pan type performance, 
you're looking at guys on better squads where you have, you know, a lot of competition behind them. That's not the case here where you have other targets that Wentz could, you know, really lock in on. There's no one behind him to, to, to nip at his heels. So I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to really to shine and show us what he's got. Well, another thing that's going to help his opportunity is um, if Zach Ertz continues to struggle. I think that's been another very alarming aspect of this Eagles offense. And I don't say that just as a uh, Zach Ertz fantasy owner. I think you look at Ertz and, you know, for the past five, six seasons, he's been a rock of consistency for you guys on offense. And just the production is not there this year. Is it just because there's really no one else that the defense has to key on and he's just getting double, triple teamed? Or is there some injury that's not really been disclosed? What's going on with Ertz? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, he wants a new deal. He's vocally said that. He still has two years left on his six-year, $44 million deal. And he's stated that he wants to be an Eagle forever. And he's stated, and I quote, he doesn't know if the feeling is mutual. So, you know, there's some drama there. He's got 20 catches on 35 targets, which is, for his career, very low. So whether it's, you know, he's not giving it his all or he's being double teamed, I don't, I can't say that. But there's definitely some drama going on. Yeah, I... um. If I were the Eagles, I would have traded Zach Ertz last year. And I think he's a great player. But the money that these tight ends are getting, no way. Like, uh, I think Zach Ertz is at least top three in the league. And the performance, I think, this year is tied to, again, all the injuries and defenses are just scheming in the middle of the field. And it's just easier. Like, Zach Ertz is not the most athletic guy. He's not the fastest guy. But he is, like, he runs routes very well and he can catch very well. And that's like his bread and butter. But if I were the Eagles, I would just trade him because Dallas Goddard is a decent receiver. Um, and unlike Zach Ertz, he can block. So if I were the Eagles, I would really, really consider even this year just trade him away because he's going to command a lot of money. And the Eagles are going to be in cap hell after this season. So you got to do something. I, I love Zach Ertz a lot. I love him. But Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. I think I think they should trade him as well. He won us the Super Bowl. He's been he, he's an Eagles Hall of Famer, but we're not going to pay him again. He's getting older, and uh, if they can get a, a, a an earlier pick in the draft for him at the trade deadline, I think they're going to make that move this year because um, they're certainly not going to extend him for another another five or six years. Still love him though. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry, too. Yeah. sorry, Peter. I'm sorry that he's uh, you know sabotaging your fantasy. Ah. Oh. Oh, you know, as we discussed before the season, you know, fantasy football this year is a total, total crapshoot. I had in the Bills-Titans game tomorrow and then the Broncos-Patriots. Between those two games, I had my entire bench as well as one of the players I was forced to start tied up in that game. So my team did pretty poorly this week. And I'm just like, you know, who cares? You can't do anything with with these COVID stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Man, but at least, you know, right now we can... Proudly say both our teams are undefeated against COVID so far. If nothing else mm-hmm. happens this year, we can be proud of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least we can watch football. That's all you can, you know, you can ask for. One guy who hasn't been disappointing on fancy rosters, at least, at least in my league, uh, is Miles Sanders. I was really happy when he fell to me. The guy before said he was scared of the injury and I was like, I'll take him. I'm very happy because it was a tear. You know, I was like, he's the last usable running back in my opinion otherwise i was gonna have to go wide receiver um uh, because it wasn't worth reaching too far up 
and uh, he's been productive. Last year, I remember watching some film on him, and he was missing holes and not having the best vision. Have you seen improvement this year, or is he just doing the same thing, being a freak athlete and getting lucky? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. His body of work is very little this year. He's averaging about 15 and a half rushes per game, and he missed the first couple games. So I think he could be the bell cow back, but uh, Doug Peterson doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be a rushing team. He wants to be a, a pass first team. So it's hard to really see. I, you know, I think I think they, they have scripted plays for him, but he is a freak athlete, like you said. And when he gets the ball in space, he can really make a couple moves, like you saw in the Steelers game. Yeah, I, I see Miles Sanders not as like a pure runner, but like he definitely is shines in the screen game and the draw game, in my opinion. And he does miss holes because he wants to hit the defense with a knockout play. And that just comes with like learning the NFL and learning, you, you know, you take what the defense gives you. Um, but I think Miles Sanders is a decent back. But like Alex said, Doug Peterson likes to have a committee of backs. So Miles Sanders is never – I don't think Miles Sanders is ever going to be like a bell cow with the Eagles because they just don't play that way. And I also this is a dying concept. But I think Miles Sanders is a great he's, – he's good. He's serviceable. And I, I definitely am uh, happy for his future. I think he's going to be a, a decent piece for the Eagles for the foreseeable future. So – yeah, I think he's. I, I think he's. I'm a little higher on him. I think he's the best player on our team, possibly not. Out, you know, outside of Carson, he's shown that when he can stay healthy, he's he's great. I mean, he runs just like Saquon, and they both played at mm-hmm. Penn State together. And I'm real high on him. I think I think he, he's going to have a really bright future, and we'll see. Like you said, I, I you know, running backs, that's sort of a dying thing to be a bell cow back because of just the money that it commands and. I think he's a real bright spot on this team. When you mentioned Saquon, because Saquon, they both are similar runners that they want to hit the defense with that knockout play. And that's, uh, I forgot what, I think the first game, Saquon only had like one yard, something crazy like that. Because he, every, every touch he had, he wanted to kill that defense with a knockout play. And you, you can see that he'll have like stretches of one yard, one yard, one yard, and then a 90 yard run. And it's like, oh, he averaged, (laughs) <laughs> seven yards a carry is like yeah but like look at the other 10 carries like that's how yeah, Saquon yeah. runs so like it's one of the int- it's interesting but Miles Sanders is kind of that way too where if you yeah. the touches can be real low except for we had the first touch with Pittsburgh he ran for 74 yards like oh that's great but I would like you to consistently run a four to five yard a pop I like that a little bit better that will help Carson Wentz out a lot so yeah I think I think that you know you they're not giving him the opportunity really. Like I said, only 15 carries and you know, I think they abandoned the run, but also the Steelers defense running defense is probably one of the better in the league. So, you know, it's hard to tell, but yeah, I think it would be really interesting. That's probably the matchup to watch from the Eagles offense versus the Ravens defense coming into this game. You mentioned that Sanders is really good at the screen pass and the draw play. Well, that's how you beat this over aggressive Ravens defense. We saw the, the Chiefs and the the Washington football team have good success with that in weeks three and four. So if you guys are going to have success on Sunday, I think you're going to see a lot of that. We'll have Eagles going to that a lot with Sanders. Yeah, Doug Peterson is the king of screens, so we'll see. So last game we saw the Ravens absolutely tear up the Bengals. Not great offensive line. You guys have commented that the offensive line here doesn't look very good. 
what are some of the matchups we should look at and and hope i guess for you guys to keep carson upright like who needs to succeed on your line uh what what do you need to see change yeah, that's a real optimistic way of putting uh, this situation. <laughs> uh, let me go over the the starting offensive line for you. It's Matt Pryor, Nate Herbig, Jordan Mailata, who has never played a down of football up until three years ago, Jack Driscoll, who's a rookie, and Jason Kelsey, who's an All Pro. Uh, pick your, you know, pick a side, yeah. and uh, and it, it's going to be a bloodbath. That's all I can say. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, there's the the Malatai, that is scary. Uh, I mean, like, during uh, during training camp, like, there was some scary stuff where like, even Carson Wentz almost got, like, hurt. There's stories of Malata just not blocking well at all. So I'm surprised it hasn't been as bad as it could be. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, like, like Alex said, any of the four could be dominated. So, you know, I don't know what to say. God bless Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's coming <laughs> Well, I, I'm looking at the Vegas line now, and you guys have an implied total of 19 points. Uh, we're currently favored by seven and a half, but I'm like, 19 points? You think that's optimistic, <laughs> given the fact of the offensive line? Uh, that's 19 points that, that the Eagles will score? Yeah, that's like their implied points total. Is 19. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, that's right on side, uh, on line with my prediction that we'll get to later, but uh, okay. seven and a half seems like a steal for the Ravens for me right now. <laughs> you're like i'm getting in <laughs> fire up my book account that. that's <laughs> right i mean the, the for all the injuries on the offensive line the eagles have somehow scored the scored more than i even thought like i it's been odd so i can see them scoring 19 i can see it would it matter no but i can see it so <laughs> yeah the, you know they could score 19 points but they're not keeping the ravens to you know to 18 points no well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your defense. What are the schemes you guys like to run? What are the matchups we should be looking at? Their best position, I think, as a team is probably their defensive line. They've got basically at this point two full rotations. They touched on in the broadcast last week where they have an A group and a B group. And, you know, I, to be honest with you, both of those groups could be starting defensive lines in the NFL. You know, you got Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson. Javon Hargrave, who was a Steeler, I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat. You know, these guys are good. The secondary is improving. We signed Darius Slay, who's a shutdown corner, I think. Paid big money, and he's he's backing that up. But, you know, I think the linebacker group has always been pretty weak on this team. We really only play with one or two at a time. So you'll see mostly dime and nickel formations out of the Eagles. They want to beat you with speed rather than power. Yeah, so yeah, to just jump off on that, yeah, the Eagles linebacking core has always been the weakest traditionally, um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers exploited that last game like severely. Like then, Jim Schwartz just did not change the scheme at all, which is really odd. But yeah, the secondary is great. I mean, you even got Craven LeBlanc who's playing well. Um, I've always liked him. And again, the, the strength of the Eagles is the defensive line. I mean, Josh Sweat has been has come on, and Derek Barnett's been banged up still. But hopefully, if he can get it together, you'll just have a you have a monster right there. But and that helps the secondary. It's kind of like a symbiotic relationship right there. But they they got to fix that that linebacking core just a little bit. They got to just address that because last game 
especially the last touchdown. Who was it? Who was it? Nathan Gary or somebody got beat like twice on touchdowns by, yeah. by a wide receiver. Like you, they can't, you can't win a, a linebacker and wide receiver. That's just a mismatch. So they should have fixed that. But you know, who am I? I'm just yeah. It's it's strange <laughs> to see Nate Gary covering a slot wide receiver like that. I think they use him mostly like a safety. Mm-hmm. He doesn't cover what like one. No, he doesn't cover like one. He's he's he, he has a body type like a safety, but he is slow. <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, like he's like I'm like dude, like just put a safety on, just put Jalen Mills there, and just figure that out. That's I don't know, I don't know, man. That Jim Schwartz, I don't know. I I have a feeling his days his days are numbered, but that's all another conversation. But we'll see. Do you guys think that you miss Malcolm Jenkins? Would he be somebody who'd fulfill that role that Gary's playing now? Be honest, I don't think we miss him too much. I, I certainly, uh, we certainly don't miss his uh, his cap hit. Um, I think he's been picked on a bit earlier this year on, on the Saints. I know earlier tonight he he whiffed on a hit that allowed Justin Herbert to to score. Um, you know, is he a still good a still good player? I think so, but uh, I think he's replaceable, especially for the price tag he wanted. I think what you can't replace is his leadership. And, and that's what we're seeing right now is someone's got to step up and lead that defense. He was sort of the, the new coming of Brian Dawkins, obviously less influential, but the leader of that defense. Yeah. He wasn't a great uh, cover guy either. He was great in the box. And unlike that, Jerry, who's not great in the box, Nathan Jerry's just a body, no offense, but he just is. So yeah, I don't think Malcolm Jenkins can, could cover Claypool at all. I just think they should have schemed a little bit better, but you know, whatever, you know, it's just like, like Alex said, that, that cap hit would have been too much. He was just asking for too much. And I love Malcolm Jenkins, but sometimes you gotta let, let people go. So. Yeah. I guess it kind of sounds maybe not a player who was quite as good as Jenkins, but uh, analogous to Ravens fans, it'd kind of be Tony Jefferson, very good safety up in the box. But when you asked him to drop into single coverage, it wasn't going to end too well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you definitely have a big challenge coming up with um, the Ravens running game, particularly with Lamar Jackson. If uh, the linebackers aren't able to contain him, it's going to be a field day. And that is actually how we've seen Lamar and the Ravens slow down the most is when the middle linebackers are having solid play and the defensive pass rush is able to contain his ability to go outside and he has to be greeted by them. If you're able to have really solid play there, he won't get those huge gains and it, it can really slow down our offense. So that's the challenge. I think for the Eagles, like the film exists, the, the playbook exists to slow down the Ravens and make them have to try and do something different. One thing we didn't talk about actually uh, in the, in the previous episode is that the Bengals actually deployed a little bit of some college schemes against the Ravens and they weren't, they hadn't seen them do that all year against uh, any other team, but the Ravens force teams to run defenses that are usually not their normal packages. Um, do you think that, I know you were kind of just uh, poo-pooing your defensive uh, coordinator. Do you think he's going to be inventive enough to change the game plan? No. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I follow the Ravens as, you know, like I said, I'm from here. I think Lamar Jackson is one of the best players in the NFL one of the best players to ever play the game. And if he can stay healthy, he'll be one of the best, you know, go down to be a Hall of Famer. You can't really stop him. You just sort of, you can force him to be one dimensional, but you don't really stop him. So I don't anticipate the Eagles, you know, being, uh, cracking the code on, on him. 
Yeah, the the way that the Ravens offense is, it's 12 personnel, but a spread offense 12 personnel. So that's like a college type of offense. And that's not to diss Lamar Jackson by any means. I think that's uh, I think it's a good thing that the NFL is now evolving with the quarterbacks that come into the league and they try to match their strengths to uh, mm-hmm. make them play better. And if you can exploit the middle of the field, which again is the Eagles weakness with the linebacking core already. And I, I mean, I don't know how you stop that. And, jo- and Jim Schwartz likes to blitz a lot. So that's going to be open a lot. So unless Jim Schwartz just wants to calm down a tad, not blitz as much, keep somebody home in the middle. I don't, and I just don't see that happening. Jim Schwartz likes to, he just likes blitzing for no reason. There's times where like, why are we blitzing? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. And you will get killed at some point. It's like shooting the three pointer at some point you will, you will lose. So yeah, man, Lamar Jackson with that 12 personnel to that two tight end set. It's just hard to stop. I I don't even know how you stop it. And if you do stop the tight ends and the wide receivers, you can just run. So I don't know. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. Like I, unless they can get a hand on him a couple of times and, or get him to inter- like get some interceptions, which I doubt that too. I just don't see that happening. I, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I sound like a, a real pessimist. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dark in Philly this time yeah. of year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually funny because the last three episodes we've done with the Washington football team, Cincinnati Bengals now the Eagles I think I've asked that question every time I'm like you guys okay like no (laughs) (laughs) so how how is Lamar Jackson off the blitz I mean does he is he able to evade that I know I feel like I've seen countless highlights of 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 a guy running up the middle blitzing up the middle and him just gashing up for 20-30 yards I mean does he tend to run there or how is he on that and what's the way to stop him I think teams have had more success this year than they've had last year. I don't know where to attribute it for, but if they can collapse the pocket and push the tackles back to kind of reduce his ability to kind of spin out, they can have pretty good success at that. Uh, actually, he's been sacked. I don't have the exact numbers on me, but he's been sacked a good uh, a good bit so far in the season. So, I mean, it could be a strength for you guys if, uh, if your D-line performs pretty well on, on our line. We're still not sure who's going to be playing right guard. Uh, we had a rookie, Tyree Phillips, playing there for the first couple of weeks, but he got injured. And so we had um, Patrick McCarry and, and Ben Powers were kind of rotating in at right guard there. And then Ronnie Stanley was out for a game. He should be back for this one, but uh, I don't know if he's still banged up or not. So, I mean, yeah, if, if you guys could really uh, overpower O-line, you can make it a little bit more difficult for him for sure. Yeah, Lamar, I mean, he's been trying to be a passer and not just run, right? So if you come out with the blitz, he'll he'll try his darndest to keep his eyes down the field and make a pass. And and we saw with great success last year, he was able to do that. You know, just stare down a a, a blitzer and just deliver a pass. You know, knowing he was about to get hit. And and coincidentally, we've also seen just last week. You know, he's rolling it to his left and barely is able to turn his body around and slings it. You know, thirty yards on a dime, and you're like. I, how yeah. last, last time i tried to throw a ball when, when rolling to my left i i threw it like maybe 10 <laughs> you know like I, I can't launch it like that i mean obviously i'm not a professional but like you just know how hard it is with that balance and and the speed and everything it's just nuts some of the throws he's able to do i think actually the way that you in a way almost stop lamar is when you give him like just the right look to make him think he can go and run and then he can't 
right? Well, he runs, he like thinks like he can run, and then actually the hole's not there, and he's taking his eyes from the field to looking to run. That's actually the best way to get him. Uh, you just have to make sure that you're in the right position. Well, I think we've discussed a lot of the matchups and um, you know different positional groups. Let's get into our bold predictions. Who wants to give it a start? I think the score is going to be Ravens 28, Eagles 17. Yeah, man, I just think that the the injuries with the Eagles is just it's just too much. And Lamar Jackson is going to have a great day. And that's like on the conservative side. I can see it being a kind of a, a blowout. Um, I just, it, I don't know. I just don't see it being a good day. The only way the X factor is going to be the Eagles defensive line. If they can get to Lamar Jackson, then they got a shot. If not, the game's over. So I guess that's my bold prediction. I don't think I'm going on a limb. I've got 34-20 Ravens taking this one. My bold prediction is Jalen Hurst throws his first NFL touchdown. And Mark Andrews scores two touchdowns and has over 100 yards. Okay, I meant to ask you, what's going on with that guy? Jalen? Yeah. You know, your guess is as good as mine, I think. <laughs> you know, I, everyone was sitting there during the drafts. They, they, you know, they went and took him at number, you know, the, the second round. And hell if I know. So um, stupid. So I, you know, there are plenty of other needs this team has. Uh, yeah. Drafting a second string quarterback was not at the top of that list. And then they drafted a, a, a horrible linebacker in the third round. Yeah. Stupid. It just it was a bad draft. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, but they're using him like a Taysom Hill. Yeah, I was about to say, they see enough uh, New Orleans games, and they're like, oh, we, we got to get a little bit of that. Yeah, I think in it's the second a combo. Round. Yeah, it's a combo <laughs> of that, and I think the value is there in the second round. You know, don't be surprised if they trade him or develop him into something. But, you know, he's, he's a good distraction, and I think he gets at least a defender or two's eyes you know, where they shouldn't be. So I, I don't know about all that. I, I'm more pessimistic. I, um, he should not like, he can't throw. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like he just, he's not a great thrower of the football. Um, he's never been that way. He's a better Tim Tebow. He's can run, but he can't throw. And I don't even like that. At least Taysom Hill is fast and he's a gadget player. Like I, I don't see it. You know, I, I don't understand. Unless you wanted to have Jalen Hurts as another running back. I'll I'll be fine with that. Put him in the backfield, but he cannot throw. I'm sorry. I know people are going to kill me for it. I don't care. I don't, you can't throw. And it, it, and I'll get him if I was going to draft him. It would be like the fourth round, maybe. Other than that, I was very upset. I'm because I'm still very upset. I'm like boiling yeah. inside. <laughs> Good lord! I was I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just from hearing all the holes on the team, you would think that. You know, you'd want to use that pick to bolster the O-line or add another receiver or Not a non-throwing quarterback. What is that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, a lot of people said that about Lamar Jackson his first year. Yeah, I'm definitely not as pessimistic as Phil is on him. I think he reminds me of a a younger Cam Newton. I mean, he's a big-body quarterback. You know, I'm not a college football guy, so I haven't seen him play too much. But, you know. If he can throw the ball, he's 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 big and, and he can run. But you know, it, this might just be me talking myself into this pick. I don't know. And like, like like Jalen Hurts. If you see like his stat lines, there were times where he was running twenty times a game. Like you're a running back, bro. Like you are running tw- like twenty times a game, like hundred and twenty yards. 
and your stat line for throwing is like maybe 150, you're a running back. I'm sorry. Like, it's just what it is. Lamar Jackson is – his thing was he couldn't throw the deep ball well. And so, like, that was very much a, like, a question mark for like, – if you can't really throw the deep ball well in the NFL, that might be an issue. But the intermediate passes, he's good at that. Jalen Hurts can't, do, can't even throw – like, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be <laughs> who, nice. Who, who's got the better arm, Jarvis Landry or Hurts? Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> probably Landry <laughs> it's oh, just oh, that, it's just what no, it is, is great. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know like you can you if you can if you're a bad thrower you can play well in college I mean Tim Tebow showed that but I don't know bro I don't know that really I was very upset and I think that kind of put the evils of Howard Roseman on on notice too because we've had a couple of bad drafts. So Dude, way more than a couple. Way more than a couple. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm being nice. Yeah. Yeah. They got fixed. They got a. They got a draft way better. Like they just really do. Um, yeah. We got to figure that out. And getting Jalen Hurts in the second round. Word. I mean, really. I'll go ahead and and make a bold prediction. I'm kind of a, a little annoyed that uh, Alex double dipped. Talking about Mark Andrews, you know, tearing it up because I was definitely leaning towards that. Just given the the way you're talking about their linebackers, I'll do it this way. A lot of chatter has been about Lamar not really being as productive running the ball. We did see that 50 yard run, but that's like not that interesting in a way, right? Like you want to want to talk about the median more than these uh, extremes. I'm gonna go and say Lamar Jackson runs for 90 yards this game, which we haven't seen him do yet. I'm seeing the arrow up from Alex. I, I I thought about doing 100, and I will give it to you now. Uh, he'll do 100 yards. Let me tell you something about the Eagles. They <laughs> they bring the best out of every every everybody. You know, so you're saying have, they have a DFS stack? <laughs> I'm saying that Lamar Jackson could break the single game record on Sunday. You know, you have Chase Claypool. That's his name, right? Who who had you know yeah, yeah. four touchdowns against us. George Kittle, the the previous week, you had like I think like eighteen catches or something. We tend to bring the best out of your stars. That's what we do. We we provide a service. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's really oh, sad. <laughs> Listen, this is what twenty uh, some odd years of the Eagles fandom does to you. You know, we're all jaded. <laughs> All right, Alec. Well, if that's your bold prediction, I want to give your score prediction too. Oh, it's going to be a massacre. It's going to be uh, 42 to 7. That's my guess. I think they'll score more than 7, but 42 sounds right. The only reason I'm saying that is because if we're able to continue the pressure like we did last game, I mean, Wentz is just going to be running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He's going to have no idea what the hell to do. You don't have the weapons to throw to in a prayer. Like, your weapons, I don't think, are as good as Cincinnati's. And that's kind of where I, that came from. Oof. Peter, what about you? I think for me, for my bold prediction, you know, last week, the NFL greater viewership got introduced to Chase Claypool. They didn't know who he was after that four touchdown game. I think probably not going to be as big a game because the Ravens have other guys to throw to as well. But I think the NFL viewers are going to learn the name Devin Duvernay. I think that he'll have his breakout game, get 80 yards and two scores. I can see the Ravens using this game to really unleash him. As far as the game prediction, you know, it's it's tough for me to say that the Ravens will score 40 because the offense still just hasn't been, though it's been good, it still just hasn't been consistent enough to get to that score yet this year. So I'll taper it off a little. I'll say 30 to 13 Ravens. 
Nice predictions. I was going to go offense, but since you guys both went offense, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go defense here. I'm going to say that the Ravens get as many sacks as they did against the Bengals. So seven sacks, and my score will be 34-13 Ravens. Yeah, to be honest, I'm scared, man. It's, I'm pretty scared for Sunday. Now that I think about it, you know, this is so weird for us as Ravens fans because we're so used to being the team that is solidly above average and all the fan bases overlook and like, you know, you're afraid of our defense, but you still think you got a chance because our offense is always pedestrian at best. But now I think, I think you guys are making the Ravens out to be better than they are though. I mean, you know, we still only put up 27 on Cincinnati, only 27. <laughs> it might be a yeah. closer game than you think. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say this, that the Eagles and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but even with all the injuries and stuff that's happened, they've actually played, better than I thought. Um, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers game was, I thought we were going to get destroyed in that game and they didn't play. They played well. And um, they were, they stuck with them until like the end of like the fourth quarter. And I was like, okay, that's when they all like the, you know, the dam broke, but we'll see. I, I, I'm more pessimistic because of what's, you know, the injuries and all that and this defensive scheme and, and Carson Wentz trying to do too much, but maybe, you know, We'll see what happens. Also, thing also not playing some preseason games has affected the Eagles a little bit too. So, but that's affected everybody. So it's not just them. But I mean, Peter, you're, you know, your Ravens, are, you know, they're legit, bro. So, I mean, be proud. No, they're good. They're good. But they're just they're We were talking about it in the episode before when we were breaking down the Ravens win. Like they're doing well, but they're not. You know, they're not at full gear yet. They're trying to not not peak too early like they did last year and, and lay an egg in the playoffs. So hopefully it'll be an exciting game. Hopefully if it is a blowout, at least there'll be exciting plays for both teams. And if the Ravens do win, it'll be the franchise's first win at Lincoln Financial Field. Hey, man, let's just say this. Four years from now, let's all try to go and see this game. <laughs> yeah, be, four really years cool. in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, four years from now, I'll be in Baltimore. Should I uh, make a point to try to go together? It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. I was at the game when Kevin Cobb came in for Donovan McNabb and threw the longest interception in NFL history <laughs> to Ed Reed. <laughs> I was oh. sitting, in the, sitting in the stands at M&T Bank with my dad. And mm. uh, don't really, I, I'll never forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best plays in, in NFL history. Kevin Cobb. God like bless. I said, that's what we do is we make other teams best yep. players <laughs> in history. Gosh, man. Try oh, to man. shove Kevin Cobb down our throats. He's really good. No, he's not. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> then you tried to do it to the Cardinals and we're like, oh, he's really good. Please it, take him. It worked. They gave yeah. us a second or it a first. Worked. It was great. Man. It's, like, what you, it's like, did you guys have like photos on the owner or something? Was he cheating on his wife? Like, what happened? Like, how did y'all, how'd y'all pull that off? Like, that was crazy. I couldn't oh, believe man. it. I don't even think I would remember that Kevin Cobb played in the NFL, if not for that play. <laughs> I don't think Kevin Cobb remembers he played in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this might have been one of the funniest episodes, Ravens recap. Y'all have been a hoot. We'll definitely have to have you on in four years' time. Uh, unless we see you in the Super Bowl sometime, and it sounds like you guys uh, not a chance. <laughs> you don't think that's <laughs> happening? So not a not a this year. 
Well, thanks so much, uh, Phil and Alex, for joining us tonight. Uh, it was awesome to get your insights on the team, learn about some of these new players, particularly some of the younger players uh, that are kind of emerging on your team, um, out of necessity with injuries and whatnot. And uh, let's just hope for a good, clean game, no injuries on either side. and uh, No and COVID I, either. No COVID. That's all we can ask for, man. Please, no COVID. So thanks again for coming on. Guys, if you uh, like the show, make sure to share it and leave a review. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap. And you can also email us feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'll be back next week to discuss this game, which we are anticipating should be a fun one for Ravens fans. Given how Alex is like, oh, we just give you, uh, you know, great games on the silver platter. You know, play your Ravens in your DFS lineups, I guess. And uh, right. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Have some fun. Go Ravens. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you.